Good morning. Good morning. It's time to begin our worship service this morning. If you would please take out a songbook, turn to number 358. Number 358. Oh, to be like the blessed Redeemer, this is my constant longing and prayer. Gladly I'll forfeit all of earth's treasures, Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like thee, full of compassion, loving, forgiving, tender and kind, helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, Seeking the wandering sinner to find. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness. Stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like thee, Lord, I am coming now to receive the anointing divine. All that I am and have I am bringing, Lord, from this moment all shall be thine. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, Stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Good morning. We want to welcome everyone to our service today. If you are visiting, we want you to know that you are our honored guest and we invite you to worship with us often, whether in person or via live stream. If you are visiting, please fill out an attendance card and place it in the collection plate so that we may have a record of your attendance. To review our times of services, Bible study is 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. Sunday morning worship is at 10.30. Sunday evening worship is at 5 p.m. And Wednesday evening worship. Worship is at 7 p.m. Our perfect attendance for October. Toddlers, we have Sadie Shepard. Fourth and fifth grades, we have Cora Moorer and Knox Blunt. Middle school, we have Nathan Farrell and Bryson Albright. High school, we have Gage and Gabby Shipman, Emma Barrett, 
Ella and Sarah Albright. We need to congratulate these young folks for their perfect attendance. There will be an elders and deacons meeting today at 4 p.m. The ladies are invited to a baby shower for Matt and Alexis Hensley today at 2 p.m. in the fellowship hall. They are expecting a boy. The Thanksgiving Youth and Senior Supper will be this Wednesday at 6 p.m. There is a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board for those willing to help with the meal. The Ladies' Sewing Group will meet Thursday at 12.30. Hillcrest Church of Christ will host their gospel meeting November the 6th through the 9th. A flyer with more information is posted on the bulletin board in the foyer. Our monthly singing at Brookdale Assisted Living is this coming Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Please arrive at 2.25 p.m. No masks are required. The next ladies' devo will be Tuesday, November the 15th at 6.30 p.m. at the home of Linda Bagwell. Ladies' Day at Bumpus Mills Church of Christ will be on Saturday, November the 12th. You see the flyer in the bullet, on the bulletin board in the foyer for more information. The angel tree lists are posted in the foyer. Please bring your unwrapped gift and place it in the appropriate bag by December the 4th. The Meals on Wheels ministry will have a Super Saturday on November the 19th. Please bring your soups or chili, crackers, cornbread, desserts to the church by 10 a.m. that Saturday for distribution. I have one thank you card to read. It's to the Stroudsville Church family. Because of you, there's someone who is thanking God today, someone who appreciates your warm and caring way, someone who's remembering the special things you do and wishing you his blessings every day, the whole year through. It says, on behalf of our nephew and his family, we want to offer our heartfelt thank you for all the prayers, cards, calls, and money. Our great niece and nephew are mending from the terrible accident. We know God was and is in control. In Christian love, Tom and Donna Boatwright and the O'Brien family. That's all the announcements. We'll have our reading. The scripture reading this morning will come from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put... Eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I, per, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Our next song this morning will be number 638. Six three eight. 
Deeper than the ocean and wider than the sea is the grace of the Savior for sinners like me. Sent from the Father and it thrills my soul just to feel and to know that his blood makes me whole. His grace reaches me, yes, his grace reaches me, and twill last through eternity. Now I'm under his control, and I'm happy in my soul, just to know that his grace reaches me, higher than the mountains, and brighter Son, it was offered at Calvary for everyone, greatest of treasures, and it's mine today, though my sins were as scarlet, he has washed them away. His grace reaches me. Yes, his grace reaches me and will last through eternity. Now I'm under his control, and I'm happy in my soul, just to know that his grace reaches me. Pray with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity we have this morning to gather in your name and to worship you. Lord, we're so thankful for your wonderful grace that we just sang about. So thankful for your Son, Jesus, our Savior, who came to this earth to live as a man, and that his blood does make us whole. Lord, we're so thankful for our congregation, thankful for each and every member, thankful for the opportunities that we have to minister to others. Lord, I ask for your continued blessings on Stroudsville Church of Christ. ask for your blessings on our elders, on our deacons and the many different ministries, for Brother Tom, for all those who labor here, Lord, behind the scenes. You know there are many of them, and we're just so thankful for a group of people who 
are committed to you for a group of people who, who love one another. Lord, there are members uh, today who aren't able to be with us, those who are sick, not feeling well, those who felt it best to, to uh, stay at home, perhaps worship with us uh, online. Lord, I just pray for those who, who need your healing. Though Those who are not doing well, Lord, I pray for those who are carrying heavy burdens. I just ask that you please uh, be with them, heal, with, heal them, comfort them. Lord, help us to reach out to them and, and care for them, encourage them. Lord, I want to pray for our nation. We have an election coming up, Lord, and just pray that you put people in place who want to do your will, those who have their faith, their confidence in you, those who seek their wisdom from you. Lord, we pray uh, for our nation that it turns back to you to look for guidance. And Lord, just uh, pray for upcoming generations as well. Lord, there's many distractions in this in this world. The devil is trying to to get to us in so many different ways. Lord, I just uh, uh, pray that we as Christian leaders influence others as you would have us to. Lord, help us to reach our children, help us to save the lost, help us to look to your word as as uh, the guide of of how we should live our lives, and how that's ultimately what, what matters most. Lord, so thankful for uh, the many who, who are serving, those who have served in our military, armed forces, first responders here, Lord. Just there's so many who, who do so much that uh, allow us to enjoy the freedoms, the privileges that, that we enjoy in, in this nation. Lord, we pray that we, not keep those, that we do not take those for granted. And Lord, we pray for your blessings of safety on those who are currently serving and uh, just uh, pray for those who've served in the past and those who've sacrificed uh, so much. We're so, so thankful for them. Lord, as uh, we close our prayer at this time, we're mindful of uh, your son, Jesus, who, who came to this earth and ultimately sacrificed, was the ultimate sacrifice, Lord. I'm so thankful for him as we focus our hearts and minds on, on communion and what that sacrifice means to us lord we pray that we're able to be in heaven with you someday and it's because of of the blood that he shed on our behalf and the blood that washes away our sins that gives us that hope it's through his son jesus your son jesus christ's name we pray amen to prepare our minds for the lord's supper let's sing number 143 143 Lo, in the grave he lay, Jesus, my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus, my grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes 
He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Vainly they watch his bed, Jesus my Savior, vainly they seal the dead, Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Death cannot keep his prey, Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away, Jesus, my Lord, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. I appreciate that song we've sung before partaking of the Lord's Supper. I think sometimes... uh, we, we sing these slow songs in, in, in more of a contemplative thing, but he arose, uh, and, and that, that, is, that is the sentiment. And I do want to talk about uh, a verse. I'm going to read three translations. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 16. And I'm going to read first the New King James Version. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion... Of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? And now in the NIV, it is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ, and is not the bread that we break, a participation in the body of Christ? And then from the New American Standard, 1 Corinthians ten sixteen. Is the cup of blessing which we bless not a sharing of the blood of Christ? Is the bread which we break not a sharing in the body of Christ? So when we take of the Lord's Supper, uh, and I'm not saying any of those translations is right or wrong, but I think each of it gives us some emphasis on participating 
that it, it is the communion with the body of Christ. It is a participation in the body of Christ. And it is a sharing in the body of Christ. So as we partake of the Lord's Supper, please have that sentiment. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this bread which represents the body of thy son who died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Help each one of us to partake of this bread in a worthy manner. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're also thankful for this cup, the fruit of the vine, which represents the cleansing blood of Jesus, which was shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Help each of us to partake of this cup and to think of the, how our sins are continually cleansed by thy blood. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.
separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, we also take this opportunity to give as we have prospered. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all that has done for us, all the many blessings, the ability to earn money, and the opportunity to, to return part of it for thy work. Please help us to, to make this contribution uh, in the right manner. And help us to be grateful for all that has given us and for us to encourage the work of spreading the gospel to others and reaching out to those in need. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you'd like to mark our invitation song this morning, it'll be number 620, number 620. Now before the lesson, let's all stand and sing number 523. Number 523. I'd like to stay here longer than man's allotted days And watch the fleeting changes of life's uneven ways But if my Savior calls me to that sweet home on high, I'll live with Him forever in glory by and by. Oh yes, I'll live in glory by and by. I'll tell and sing love story there on I. There with my dear Redeemer, no more to die. Oh yes, I'll live in glory by and by. I want to be of service along this pilgrim way and lead the lost to Jesus as fervently I pray. As day by day I travel, I'll keep him ever nigh and live with him forever in glory by and by. Oh yes, I'll live in glory by and by. I'll tell and sing love story there on I. With my dear Redeemer, no more to die. Oh, yes, I'll live in glory by and by. The end I know is nearing, by faith I look away to yonder home supernal, the land of endless day. I'll cling to him forever and look beyond the sky and live with him forever in glory by and by. 
by and by. Oh yes, I'll live in glory by and by. I'll tell and sing love story there on I. There with my dear Redeemer, no more to die. Oh yes, I'll live in glory by and by. Please be seated. Good morning. Got my mic turned on. Should be able to hear me. It's good to see everybody here today. I wanted to say a special welcome or thank you to those of you that are, are visiting. Testing one, two. Yep. And we appreciate uh, those of you that are here maybe for the first time. I ask that you'll come back and, and continue to visit. Let us feed you. My, my prayer today is that you'll be blessed. You'll be edified by this lesson. I always try to keep my my lesson's biblical, focused on God, uh, something to feed you with and build you up. And so we're doing a lesson series talking about God's great nature. Now, while we have observed the beauty of his nature and the leaves all around us, this nature of God goes beyond just the creation and the beauty and the color. We're talking about the actual characteristics, the nature of God, who he is, uh, what makes him who he is, and, and various attributes of God. We've talked about how wonderful he is in Exodus fifteen eleven in the Song of Moses right after the crossing of the Red Sea when God demonstrated his awesome power by destroying the Egyptian army. <clears throat> in the Song of uh, Moses, Exodus fifteen eleven, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Little g, that is idols. The answer is no one. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Well, if you're a good student of the Bible, you realize quickly there is no one as awesome as God. And the church says, amen. amen. God is awesome. Uh, let's talk about his attributes. Our first one that we talked about is that he's always been. That blows my mind right there. He's always Existed, never a beginning, never an end, but yet somewhere on this timeline that doesn't exist, he made man and the clock started ticking. We're bound by time, we're in these fleshly bodies, but yet we're eternal beings. He is a spiritual being, he's given us a spirit, one that will continue to live even when we die. If that doesn't give you something to think about, I don't know what will. Think about it when you cease to breathe. You don't cease to be. Where will that spirit go? Where will it spend eternity? What I want to talk about today is in yellow, and that is sovereign. Sovereign God. We'll define that. What in the world does that mean? He's holy. Then we're going to talk about the three omnis, that he's immutable. There's all truth in him. He's wise. God is a God of goodness, full of grace, love, a God of foreknowledge. He's also a God of... It is a God of righteousness, but yet a God who will execute wrath at the proper time. That'll be our last lesson. So I want to begin today by inviting you to open up your Bibles, whether they're electronic or the paged kind, whatever Bible you have, open it, please. And we're going to look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 12 in the Old Testament. I'll give you just a minute. Turn to Ezekiel 12. You're probably thinking, Brother Tom, that's a strange place to begin a lesson on God being sovereign. 
Ezekiel 12, verse 21, quickly context. We see God's people just prior to being taken into captivity. They've rebelled. They've been involved in idolatry. They've made cakes and offered sacrifices to false gods. Uh, They won't give up idolatry. They've turned their hearts and their minds away from the true God. And God has sent prophets over and over and warned them. Wicked kings have led them away into more detestable practices. And so we know that the Babylonians are coming. The captivity is coming. Seventy years, to be exact. Yet, they seem to ignore the truth. They want to hear different things, things that sound good. And so Ezekiel has been yet again sent to warn them. And so I want to talk about God's sovereignty. uh, And we're going to begin in chapter 12, verse 21. So false prophets have basically been saying, whatever Ezekiel says, don't worry about it. He's just a crazy man. Actually, God is not going to come like Ezekiel says. There's not going to be punishment. It's not, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Don't worry about what this prophet Ezekiel says. He's not credible. The word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel says. Son of man, what is this proverb that you have, have about the land of Israel? Saying, the days grow long and every vision comes to nothing. Tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will put an end to this proverb, and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, the days are near, and the fulfillment of every vision, for there shall be no more any false vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. Listen to verse 25. I am the Lord. I will speak the word that I will speak, and it will be. That's kind of a throwdown, isn't it? It's going to be this way. I don't care what you've been hearing. I don't care what the prophets have said. I don't care about the the false priest and the liars out there. God says, this is what I say. This is what is going to be. I am the Lord. I will speak the word that I will speak, and it will be performed. It will no longer be delayed, but in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and perform it, declares the Lord God. If you look at verse 3, if you're you're in that chapter, just jump up very quickly to verse 3 and look what God says. He says, Ezekiel, I'm serious about this. I want to give you a visual image. I want you to literally pack your bags like you're leaving, leaving the city. Pack your bags in broad daylight and go out and let everyone see you because this is going to happen. They will go into exile. They can believe a lie if they want. They can say it's not true. But I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, folks, I want to stress something here in the beginning of our lesson. Our country is taking a dangerous course. It's beginning to ignore God. It's beginning to ignore God's word. Our country is basically becoming a God unto itself. We know it's best. We can advise you, oh, don't worry about these conservatives out there that follow the Bible and they're talking craziness. No, we, we, we know better than God. That's a very dangerous path to take as a nation. 
And I want you to pray, everyone here today, please pray for our country, that its leaders will acknowledge a divine God who is sovereign, that they will listen to God and fear Him and be obedient to Him, and God will bless our nation. So we see in Ezekiel, the Lord will speak what I will, and it shall be fulfilled without delay. Whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the sovereign Lord. Let's define what sovereign means. It's actually a compound word, super and reign. It's from Old French, which goes back to Latin, sopranus, uh, meaning chief or principal. In Italian, this word basically is soprano. Isn't that interesting? The mob, sopranos, right? Get it? The TV show. These guys call the shots and what they say goes. Think about it. Soprano, interestingly enough, in music is the lead part. It's the melody. So think about it as the lead person, the one who is in control. And so super and reign. In Merriam-Webster, it's defined as one that exercises supreme or ultimate authority and power. The ruler over all Things. I appreciated the note in our announcements uh, written about Tom's niece and nephew. I thought that was so interesting because at the end of the thank you note, they said God is in control. You believe that? Now, there's times in our life, honestly, as humans, where we're like, God, and you got this? Really? I'm, I'm getting worried. I, like, I want to take it over. I want to do it myself. I'm not sure. It's hard to be patient. But I think ultimately we we all have to decide, is God really sovereign? Is he in control? Let's turn to another example in the Bible in Luke chapter 2. Let's go to the New Testament. This is when Jesus is just a baby. He's being presented at the temple. In Luke 2, and if you'll drop down to verse 25, actually, let's go back up to verse 22. So Jesus is a baby. His mother and his father are taking him to the temple, presenting him. Now, we know Mary and Joseph at this time know Jesus is a special baby, right? First of all, Mary had this child immaculately through conception. Immaculate conception. She knows this baby came and angels sang. They made proclamations about him being Messiah. Verse 22, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Then in uh, verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. and This man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel, somebody that would bring peace to Israel, somebody that would bless Israel. Something has been revealed to this man, Simeon. It says here, the Holy Spirit was upon him. So this man is being divinely guided. He's at the temple for a reason. It had, verse 26, been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. All right, so here's Simeon. He's at the temple. The Spirit is saying, Simeon, stay here, stay here, because today you're going to see Messiah. You're going to see the Son of God 
God in the flesh presented today at the temple. And so he's got great anticipation. He came in the spirit into the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. And he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. His father and his mother marveled at what had been said about him. And so it's a shocker in verse 32 when Simeon, who is a Jew, says that this baby is going to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. This baby is Messiah. Oh, that's quite a shocker to the Jews who looked down upon the Gentiles. They hated the Gentiles. They called them dogs. So is Simeon by the Spirit saying to us that this has been God's plan all along, that he's going to include the Gentile nation and that they will now be covenant people? Yes, that's precisely what God is saying. You see, God is sovereign It means that he has the power, the wisdom, and authority to do as he chooses. And God had always planned to include the Gentiles by design to be under his covenant. He wants all men to be saved. That's what it means that we serve a sovereign God. So remember that he is absolute in authority, unrestricted in his supremacy, And I want to remind you in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3 in the creation account, how did the world come into existence? Very simply, and God said. What else, Brother Tom? That's all. That's the God we serve, church. He is a sovereign, all-powerful being. Now, by the way, if you have your Bible in your hand, hold it up for just a minute. If you want to read about... Wow, that's great. Wonderful. And God said can be found in what you just held up. Amen? It's important. It comes from a sovereign God. So if there's any question, any debate, if you're not sure, sit up and read the book. Because that's what God says to us, and it should be followed by an all-powerful God who is sovereign. How did He create? He spoke the world into existence. Let that sink in. A spirit force creates a material world and separates light and darkness. He creates the sea and boundaries for the sea and all the beauty of, of His creation, the flora and the fauna, great sea creatures. And he creates man through the spoken word. It's mind-boggling when we begin to study the nature of God and that he is a sovereign, all-powerful being that has unlimited authority. Let us fear God. Let us love God. I want to share with you just a few practical things about God's sovereign nature. Now that we've defined what it means to be sovereign, all-powerful, what God says goes, He is the ultimate authority, we must be subject to Him. We must be obedient to Him. And so here are some things 
that I want to share in, in just a few minutes about him being sovereign. Number one, and I hope this is reassuring to you, that when things get crazy, has the world felt a little crazy lately? Or is it just me? It's just me, right? Now, if you watch the news, you'll understand there's a lot of anxiety. Mental health professionals will tell you that as a result of COVID and then the war in Ukraine and the debacle over all the masks and should we get the immunization or not or COVID, when does COVID end? And, and now we've got flu season descending upon us. We've got economy in turmoil. We've got war and in, in Ukraine and, and a crazy dictor, dictator next to them who's doing horrible things, it's a little bit disconcerting. I don't want to tell you that we have a powerful God, unlimited power, who is in control. I hope you'll sleep a little better at night if you can say, God's got this. God is in control. I, I found a saying on Facebook I'll share with you, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Let me read that again. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. In Romans 8 and in verse 28, we're reminded by Paul as he writes to the church at Rome, Paul says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I, I encourage you today to ask yourself, am I living a life that is in God's will? Now, maybe there's somebody here today that's just coming to church just because they want to come with somebody. I don't know. Maybe this is the first time you've really heard a lesson about God. I don't know. But I do want to ask this. If you're living according to His purpose, do you think God would bless you? According to Romans 8.28, Paul says... He will. Things will work together for good that you'll receive blessings in God if you walk according to His purpose. And that's how we must live. How do I know if I'm living according to His purpose? Remember that book you held up? It'll tell you right there. Follow His Word. Study it. Be a good student of the Bible and know that He is in control. If there's something you're confused about or you want to help studying or you have questions about how can I know I'm saved, what do I need to do to be saved, please come to me or talk to one of our elders or deacons and we'll be more than happy to study with you today. We'd be honored to help you become a Christian. It would be such a pleasure for you to say, I know that I'm saved and I can live according to His purpose. To be blessed by a sovereign God who is in control. Number two, the benefits of serving a sovereign God is that God wants to bless you. I want you to stop for just a moment, and I know this is a stretch for us in our minds, but I want you to go back before the first man ever existed. I want you to even go back further before the creation of the earth. Go back before anything that we're aware of, even existed. And I want you to ask yourself, so what did God do? How did He spend His days? You see, at some point, prior to our creation, God said, like the angels, I want to create beings 
that have souls in them, a spirit part of them. We're going to give them free will. We want them to bless and honor us because we will make them in our image. But yet being individuals that have free will, most if not all are going to choose to disobey God. Requiring us to rescue them, to enact a rescue plan where we pay the penalty for their sin. I know that's hard to believe, but I want you to go way, way back. These things were discussed prior to the creation of the first man and first woman. Why would God do that? First of all, he gives us free will to let us choose. But knowing that we would choose wrong and sin, which all have, everyone has sinned. God wants to show his love for us by redeeming us through the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. That's why we sing songs about redemption and blood and grace. And we're talking about mercy. It has always been his plan to redeem us. Now, if you've not read the book of Ruth in the Old Testament, let me just encourage you, make a note to yourself, read Ruth. It's a great book. You see, Ruth and Naomi are two women who are rather desperate, returning to a homeland. But what they need is someone to care for them, somebody that will help feed them and protect them. It's called a redeemer. In the book of Ruth, we see a very wealthy young man who's prospered. He's also very generous and loving. And he has an older woman that comes with a younger woman, and they're looking for a redeemer. And a redeemer back then is someone who says, I will take you in, and I will provide for you. And so Boaz showed great love and compassion as their redeemer. I love the story of Ruth because Boaz really is a symbolic representative of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Now, Boaz paid a sum of money to be a Redeemer, but in the case of Jesus Christ, he paid with his own life. He gave his own blood on the cross for me, for my sins. He is a loving Redeemer. It is plan has always been to redeem and to love us into a relationship. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, we have that up on the overhead screen. This will be our last scripture for today, and I want you to ask this question, where do I fit in God's plan of redemption? Am I covered in the blood of Jesus? Are my sins washed away? If they're not, I want to challenge you to think carefully about the song that we're getting ready to sing. We call this an invitation song. We invite you to reflect, to think about your life. Am I covered in the blood of Jesus? If I'm not, what can I do to remedy that? We'll tell you very quickly. The answer is be covered in the blood of Jesus. Confess his name. Believe in your heart. Repent. Become a new person. And be washed in the blood of Jesus. And by faith, have those sins washed away. You're adopted into God's family. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the time had... But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
there's that word, to redeem those under the law. Redeem means you simply purchase someone with a price. Why did he redeem us? That we might receive our adoption as sons. You see, there's a king out there who's an all-powerful king who has unlimited resources. He's all-powerful. And he says to a world that has separated itself because of sin, I want you back. I want you to be my sons and daughters. I want to love you and I'll pay the ultimate price, the blood of my son for you. And that is how he has adopted us. He has been our loving and gracious Redeemer, this sovereign God. When He adopts us, when we obey the gospel, when we're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ and our sins are forgiven, verse 6 says, And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. You see, all of God's children receive the promise of that Holy Spirit who gives us peace and comfort and serves as a deposit, reminding us, that we belong to God. If these things sound good to you, if they sound interesting or intriguing, we invite you to study more. Certainly think about your soul and ask yourself, am I submitting my life to a sovereign God? Am I following His instructions? Or have I been guilty of listening to the world who says, you don't need God? We know better. There's an eternal God who loves you so much, He died for you. Today, we invite you to Him. Come and become a child of God. Let's stand and sing together. Jesse. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence with me doth continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight, who lovingly guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed, his child and forever I am. Our closing song this morning will be number 537. Number 537. Following this song, we'll be dismissed in prayer. What a song of delight in that city so bright will be wafted neath heaven's fair dome. 
How the ransom will raise happy songs in his praise when all of God's singers get home. When all of God's singers get home, where never a sorrow will come, there'll be no place like home when all of God's singers get home. Having overcome sin, hallelujah, amen, we'll be heard in that land or the foam. Every heart will be light and each face will be bright when all of God's singers get home. When all of God's singers get home, whenever a sorrow will come, there'll be no place like home when all of God's singers get home. Please bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we honor you, we praise you. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time that we've had to come here this morning and learn more of your nature. Dear Lord, we pray that we can take what's been said and apply it to our lives and spread it to other people. Be with us, dear Lord, as we leave and depart and keep us safe. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.